0: Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast
1: with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio.
0: Here are the ground rules for our conversation.
1: Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed.
0: Mistakes are welcome. And let's grow together. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Why, hello there. Welcome everybody to the Diversity on a Hill podcast. This is PJ and
0: PK. We're back again. Whoa. Why do you say back again? Like,
1: well, we are back again, I guess. We're doing it again. Yeah, I guess so. All right. That's okay. That works. It's it's not a bad thing to say. But no, no, no. You know who's back again? Really? Oh, yeah.
2: Lisa Diller, PC. Yeah. She remembered. I didn't know you were going to remember.
0: That's That's great. Wow! So, so we got the trio. We got the trio back. I know. We I'm got excited. PJ, PK, and PC. How about it?
2: Woo! So, Lisa, how you been? I've been great. I've been causing trouble, turning in midterm grades. Ooh. Ooh. Yep.
1: So, are you a teacher that I would want to take a class from, or not?
2: Of course. Really? Yes.
1: I will say this. Um, I, I was texting someone, one of my staff workers from last, well, not last summer because we didn't have camp, but the summer before that. Great kid texting him and, and I was telling him that you were going to be on the podcast and he's like well first I said there's going to be a history professor and he's like is it professor Lisa and I was like <laughs> yeah and he's like I love her she's awesome so oh, you get I've, good marks I, I
2: paid him a lot of money to say that
1: good you know yeah. well, nice well I'm just saying I'm impressed that you get good marks so yeah, well, oh no she get gets a good it's marks it's
2: the subject
1: uh, oh there you go <laughs>
2: you're dangerous with oh listen spells. let me tell you <laughs>
0: that,
1: that new toy is dangerous it's going to get old real quick <laughs> oh. it oh. would have been worse with me in front of it though because i would have just been pressing them all
0: honestly i was like wait wait is this the
1: right one <laughs> 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 imagine, wah, wah, imagine that no. <laughs> Anyhow. well that's oh. awesome so i want to do a couple things here we have been announcing for the last couple of weeks the di- uh no, not that one. I'm doing the podcast. Well, somewhere. we do announce the Diversity in the Hill podcast. Yeah, we yeah. Welcome. Welcome, yeah. everyone. You're listening to that. <laughs> no, um, we are having a, like a little workshop slash presentation called Civil Conversations on Race. That is happening this weekend.
0: That's correct. Right? Wow. At Georgia Cumberland Academy.
1: At Georgia Cumberland Academy. All the spots are filled for the in-person event, but we are streaming it. So just go to the Georgia Cumberland Conference website, look for the event page or big announcement. announcement. Yeah, that thing.
0: At GCCSDA.com. Yes, there's an announcement that goes across the top. You can go ahead and see it and And then just click on it.
1: Click on it and then you'll be able to watch it live. You might have to do one more click. Sabbath. Right. You click and then there's an event page and somewhere on that event page will be embedded the live stream,
0: beautiful. Look at that. You guys make it so
1: simple. We make it so simple.
0: So again, GCC, gccsda.com dot yes. at ten a.m. Ten a.m. This weekend, mm-hmm. October twenty fourth,
1: and we're also doing another session at two. It's a different session, but interesting. Yeah, cool. awesome. So a lot of the, some of the topics we've been talking about, we will cover there. We are presenter Roger Williams from California. Ooh, yeah, yeah,
0: classy. cool. Yeah. So here's one thing. Changing the subject, though. Okay, change it. Can you believe we got our first review on Apple Podcasts? What? Get out
1: of town, I'm
0: telling you. What
1: was it? It's fantastic, let me tell you. Do you you. have it there?
2: Was it you, PJ? Was it you, PJ? No, no,
1: no, it wasn't wasn't us. It wasn't wasn't me. (laughs) I think I might know who it is, but... Really? You know who it is? Maybe. Oh, stop. Well, I'm a little confused, but I think I know who it is.
0: A little confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, they gave us five stars. So I don't. know. Whoever like, gave it to it. us, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was on back on October the second. Uh, it was CD of MD.
1: See, MD from Maryland. Okay, that's what I'm thinking, and that's my friend that I keep talking about. CD. Uh, see, but his last name is D, but his first name is not C.
0: All right. Well, check out, check, check, check out what CD But his said. wife's name. Okay. All right.
2: Now
1: you're officially five-star reviewed. I know, right? Uh Uh-oh, come on. No more reviews. No, we need more reviews,
0: actually. Yep, yep, yep. So (laughs) here's the deal. We'll make you think. Mm. That's the headline, I guess?
1: I have not been accused of that very often.
0: Oh, well, hey, we'll see. (laughs) It says, this is a great podcast. Do uh, do not (laughs) agree with everything.
1: That's another reason why I think (laughs) it's him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But really enjoy that PJ and PK are talking about The issues of today. How about it? Shout out to CD from MD. Awesome. Thank you so very much. Oh, of of MD. My bad.
1: Yeah. And if you want to review us, I think that helps like other people find us. Yeah. I don't know if it helps. It does. Absolutely. Oh, neat. Okay. And the better your review. So if you love our podcast, five star it all the way. If you hate our podcast, five star it because, you know, it just and you can say why. Yeah, you can say why. And you we want to know, so then we can talk about yeah. it. Right, right. So if you hate it, five star means it's bad. If you love it, five <laughs> stars means it's
2: good.
0: There you go. And it's, it's just the review of what your comment is right.
1: that will let us know what it is. I so think yeah, it's I how like
2: emotionally it. engaged you are. Ooh, Ooh, that's right. There like, you go. This is one that will engage me. It's Right.
1: So even if you hate it, like I've often heard that, you know, sometimes you hear love and hate are the opposite of each other. Mm-hmm. They're not the opposite of each other. They're really related. They're close cousins.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, again, if you want to contact us, though, the way that we are about to give a shout-out to Amy.
1: Amy yes. contacted us on diversityonahill at gmail.com. And that's spelled with a C, by the way.
0: That's correct. And-, and she
1: reached out to us again. She appreciated that we talked about her her email that she sent us. And that's correct. And she felt like we did a good... A, what was her, what was her exact words? I don't have the email here, but it was like, uh, it was a good effort. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she provoked you to take a step in your own life.
1: Yes. Maybe. I was convicted and I'm sorry, Amy, for all the mistakes I've ever made. So <laughs> thank you for calling me out.
2: Yeah, you, you did something she asked you to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh that. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's prompting me and in here I am going, what, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? See, PC's looking out for yeah, you. Yeah, no, You're a professional. Yes. Like I'm you are subtle. segueing this.
2: I'm subtle. That's what PC does. We're subtle.
1: Oh man, that's yeah. great. Unfortunately, I am terrible with subtle. Ask my wife. <laughs> uh, um, so we so she sent us a link to take an implicit bias test. Oh. Did you take it?
0: I didn't. I'm sorry, Amy. I will. I will, though, by our next podcast, hopefully.
1: I'm I really want you to take it because I took it. Oh, look at you. Yeah, You're
0: such a good host.
1: And it turned out the exact way I thought it would because I just thought it would turn out this way.
0: Okay, So obviously,
1: did you- well, well, you know my thought on bias. I think everyone's bias. I just think everyone's bias. I, so right. for me, there's, there, I don't think it's implicit because I'm aware of it. Hmm. So right. if I'm taking an implicit bias t- test and I'm aware of it, is it implicit to begin with? Confusing. Confusing. So anyways, I took the test and it has to do, you you press like an E and an I and it's based upon your speed and it it shows you, a, so it has a bunch of implicit biotests. tests. I took the one on race. So uh,
2: what are some other ones that you could have taken?
1: Oh, like everything, like weight, gender, mm. age, um, LGBTQ stuff. I mean, all, I mean, just the variety of stuff. It was pretty wild.
0: Okay. So this is what Amy said. Yeah, she was saying, you know, we did a a thoughtful job at attempting to honor uh, her intention. That's what it was. That's
1: attempting to honor her. I'm sorry we didn't fully honor your attempts, <laughs> but that is that's just what we do, Amy. Look, we try. Look, we're we human try. beings. Thank we, you for thanking us. Though.
0: We're gonna keep growing together, so yeah. so that's gonna help. And as as long as we keep hearing from you, then you make us think. You know, just like CD said, it'll make them think. Well, we'd like you to make us think. So, again, reach out to us at hill at gmail.com, diversity with the C, or at our Instagram.
1: So, I took the implicit bias test.
0: You took it. How'd it go?
1: Well, I, I have implicit bias. Oh, <laughs> we all do. Right, right. <laughs>
0: what are you talking about?
1: So, that's that was my whole point. Is it implicit if I know it? And it turned out the way I knew it would turn out. But it was also weird the way they do it. So you press these little buttons and how fast you press it. But it also had some questions in the beginning that kind of primed you. It said, do you prefer this over this? So it said, do you prefer, um, I forgot the way they s- said it, like something European. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was, I don't know if it was African-American or, or, or you know, basically it was a more culturally. And, and if I'm honest, I was raised in the American culture I'm Hispanic, but I went to school with mainly mm-hmm. white people. Right. And the, yeah. so yeah, that's what I prefer because that's what I'm most comfortable with culturally. And I know that.
0: So you prefer hamburgers and hot dogs over rice and beans? No. Oh, okay, not with the food.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Because <laughs> okay, okay. I <laughs> ate rice and beans every day. <laughs> oh, okay. I got so you. that's I got the you. one place of the culture that so I I don't know. And to me it was just kind of weird the way they did it. I, I don't know if it was a self-fulfilling prophecy type of situation. I just didn't buy the test. And that's why I want someone else to take the test and see how they score on it.
2: You didn't buy it because... I didn't know how
1: scientific it was.
2: Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, social science is always a little but, sus. Yeah, and you but, know, but we, the way you did we do, it... We it's, do, right, right, right.
1: So, so here, here, let me explain this. They put pictures of faces that are... African-American uh-huh. or black or Caribbean, right? Yeah. And then they put the uh, Caucasian faces on the other side, right? And they assign it to a, a key. And as soon as it pops up, you need to press as fast as you can the key that's assigned to it. So one is E. So let's say they they assigned the the darker faces to E. Yeah. As soon as a dark face comes up, you need to press E. If a Caucasian face or a lighter face comes, you need to press I. And so they go through them, and you got to go as quick as you can. If you make a mistake, it puts an X there, and you got to keep going. Oh,
0: and do they give you an O? Then it's E I E I O. Oh, I'm, <laughs> gonna, no, I'm sorry. Now I'm going to be cheating because I have an oh. advantage. I know the. No, 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 no,
1: because it, it tells you the things, oh, and then okay. they, and then what they do is they tell you to do the same thing with positive words and negative words. Oh. So E I E I E I E I. Then they put them. So the first one they did is negative words and white faces. Mm. is one letter e so okay. anytime a face that's white comes up or a negative word comes up you were to press e if a positive word or a dark face came in then you pressed I and so as fast as you could so it's going face word 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 face 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 word and as fast as you can and you're making mistakes because you're trying to remember right, right. Which is so which, to yeah. me it's like I'm trying to rem- and then what right. they do is they switch them <laughs> And then my brain's even more. So now I'm thinking, no, the positive wasn't this. No, the positive was on this side. No, the positive was on that side. So I feel like I'm not even getting used to what buttons to press. That's why to me it seems so unscientific because I'm more worried about the buttons and I'm like, am I getting it right?
0: But hold on. But you said that the outcome was exactly what you expected, though.
1: Well, and here's the thing. I'm wondering if some of the outcomes, because I just, I was thinking about this. Are the outcomes based upon what you put in that you are, because you put in what you are, is, are they reading something into, because let's face it, even in, in scientific studies, Uh the person giving the study has a bias as well that sometimes shine through in the data. We've all seen data that one day I read data that coffee's good for me. Another day I read coffee's (laughs) terrible for you. Yeah. Which one is it? It's yeah. never
2: quite that simple. I think I think the 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 way they develop studies like that is they try to they do things from a variety of of perspectives and they do qualitative as well as quantitative and then they line up studies that then they say does when they do this does it match the other kinds of research that we do to identify someone so is this a shortcut for it. So like there's there's thicker research that they do. That said, I just heard a couple of experts kind of talking about the implicit bias test and saying there are things that it can measure, things that it doesn't. Um, But they have done it in conjunction with deeper, thicker studies of attitudes on race and found that it matches up pretty much. And the notion of it being implicit, too, is like... They, I, I I like Shankar Vedantam who wrote Hidden Brain and he talks a lot about like this the the things that we have in our primitive part of our brain that we mm-hmm. don't realize we're doing and he has a whole book on it's not primarily about race but you know mm-hmm. that could come into it The problem is like if you there are so many people that don't think that they have bias
1: mm-hmm.
2: about race that yep. they don't see race
1: mm-hmm.
2: That that is part of I think what the this is intended to do is to eliminate that part. What it can't do then is say, okay, now that you know you have this, what are you going to do about it? Like whether you know it because you took a test or not, you know, like it. It I think I think that's part. I think there are huge challenge. Any social science test like that in twenty five thirty years will go. Can you believe we were doing this yeah. to find out if people had <laughs> it? To, I totally yeah. think we're gonna. If, if any time you are participating in the extension of knowledge and the scientific enterprise, I'm using quote marks here for mm-hmm. the unseen audience, um, we're going to improve on things later. And we're going to go, I can't believe we did it that way. It Does it teach us something now? Is it a bit useful now? Sure, maybe, maybe not. If you already know that you have preferences in a particular direction and that when you meet somebody, who they are in the skin they're in in the body shape they're in, their size, their ability, their gender, you're going to have connections with that mm-hmm. or right. not. And you're going to have, you know, attractions or not. And, it, and not all of us want to think that that's what's going on. We all want to think we're just judging people as to who they really are mm. apart from their bodilyness, you know, that their, right. that their personality, their temperament, that, you know, they're a good person, blah, blah, blah. That's what we care about, not their infleshment in whatever way that happens. But in fact, of course, we do. And so then Vedantum always says, now what do you do with your frontal lobe? Now that you know this, what do you do with your frontal lobe, given the fact that you know you have these kinds of biases? How do you try to override that in some sort of way? Which is where I think you guys' conversation last week about about privilege kind of talked a little bit about that. What do you do if you know that you have it? Yeah. You know, now what do you do if, if you have privilege because you have wealth, or you have privilege because you have high education, or you have privilege because I'm an, I have privilege in the classroom? You know, I have an That's authority right. in the classroom. What do I choose to do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, to pretend I don't have that is not useful. Right. Like to pretend I'm on an equal playing field with everybody is not useful. What am I going to do with that now that I know about it?
0: Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Wow! I mean, she took that real deep, real quick. Love it. I'm That's why we I'm got just, a professional was, on the show now. I was just now. here to say <laughs> I don't like that test. <laughs> <What>? um, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not upset with the outcome. Like I said, I, yeah, okay, I knew it. Okay, good.
0: Well, I'll let you know what mine. What mine looks like. Yeah, please do. I, uh, I'd be, I'd be curious.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We are going to come back in just one second because we are going to get some more history lessons from PC. I know I'm looking forward to it. Same here. All right. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed that. Wonderful musical prelude. I hope it got you ready.
0: Ready. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah.
1: So, hey, PC. I think we uh, decided that we, the last time we left off, we were going to talk about race-based slavery. Mm. And I know we talked, we touched a little bit upon it. Sure. Uh, but I just want to dive maybe a little bit deeper into it and and just kind of see where that has brought us to today and see what kind of connections we can make.
2: Sure. Did you have any questions about that before I get started? Or you? I remember last time we talked a little bit about the slavery, the, the slavery as it existed before the Atlantic slave trade mm-hmm. and before um, what we consider to be chattel slavery or plantation-based or large-scale slavery as it exists in the Americas, not just the United States, but mm-hmm. the Americas writ large and the Caribbean, maybe even especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the fact that people were enslaved for debt and for mm-hmm. crime mm-hmm. and as prisoners of war Correct. and that it wasn't necessarily it was often different ethnic groups um i was again just reading i'm i'm reading through the old testament again and i'm in chronicles and you just it's all over the place there in these ancient societies you know people are taken captive they're basically enslaved as a form of wealth they are usually, as we mentioned last time, from a different culture because it's easier to control the labor mm-hmm. when people don't have lots of resources. They don't know all the, what all the rules are. They don't know the language as well or mm-hmm. they stand out in some way. It's rarely, well, it is inherited sometimes in certain ways, but not universally is enslavement inherited um so people will frequently then just blend into the society that they're a part of so they're not they're not standing out for them. we talked about the fact that the african slave trade happens for geography reasons mm-hmm. um and because of the kinds of of drug foods and drug crops i should say not foods drug crops that are being grown like sugar um in the americas and that require really unpleasant labor um, so it's not like people are coming from Europe to the Americas to do that labor. They do not want to do that labor. That is very unpleasant labor. Mercy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, there's nothing like sugar cane harvesting. And then what happens in the factories? In fact, the first factories, We t- sometimes if you ever, I don't know if you remember any stories of the industrial revolution when you were in school, but we often associate it with cotton and cloth making in mm-hmm. England. So, but the first factories were actually sugar factories in the Caribbean. Well,
1: where, you know, my little known thing, my grandfather worked in a sugar cane factory. Where? In Puerto Rico.
2: In Puerto Rico.
1: Yeah, that was well, his... Interesting. It, for two for uh, two months out of the year, he would go into the sugar oh. cane after they... And then he had a coffee orchard or yeah is that what you call it an orchard i don't, I don't know.
0: know what you call it but Need sure coffee
1: yeah. Beans. yeah yeah I, and i just
2: learned that yeah, like two weeks ago so what been, you're telling me is very yeah, interesting to me yeah uh, the only place i've seen sugar cane being harvested or grown on large scale is in the dominican republic mm-hmm. um but like all over yeah so all over the caribbean though sugar was the big money-making crop because people love it but it is terrible work i mean and if you're if it was your grandfather
1: it was my grandfather Grandfather. yeah my father's
2: father father. I'm sure there's big stories about that but you know we tend tend to think of factories as like the kinds of places where people are doing like the same job over and over again and it's happening on kind of like a a conveyor belt and you know like you start with one thing and you do different and so sugar that's what happens it has all these processes that have to happen to it they're very dangerous it has to be hot boiled like it had like and people lost limbs and like the the kinds of the kinds of cutting that had to be done the kinds of boiling it was very dangerous work extremely uncomfortable work um but that's what it took to make the, the tasty stuff um so Yikes. one of the things when people started becoming it's against tasty. it is tasty <laughs> oh it's, we it's, all love sugar we I do mean, we love it's it a, it's in everything <laughs> yes. i mean just
0: ask the people who love to drink soda and
2: i and mean and, and, and people and in the u.s drinks. everything has sugar in it, and especially now it's it's uh it's corn syrup high fructose that, corn yeah. syrup Oh, can yeah. i take
1: us off the rails here a little bit did okay. you hear about ireland I did not. Was it Ireland? Oh, maybe it was Ireland. It okay. they, they had a Supreme Court case that a Supreme Court, this went to the Supreme Court, mind you, about Subway and oh, whether yeah. their bread. Ireland. Yeah. Oh, Ireland. What, did I say Ireland? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Whether their bread would be considered bread or not. And I think they decided that it was not bread because it had too much sugar. It in it. It was cake. Yeah.
2: What? Yeah. 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 Because that's how sweet it is. Because of how, yeah.
1: Which which when, bread? From Subway. Subway. This is like all, of bread. all of their all bread of Yeah, all their bread. What? They class they don't classify it as, as bread. They classify it as cake because it is too sugary. That's what us Americans do. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's what I heard they were talking about, like some of the meat that they use at Taco Bell.
1: Yeah. That's called Didn't cake. They talk too. about that. No, no, <laughs> cake. Yeah. Not, not cake, it's but not they were, meat, it's really, not meat, yeah. right, right, right. Yeesh. But we
2: put sugar in everything. Like our ketchup has sugar, and like everything, or or the it's 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 cousin corn, hard fructose corn syrup. You know the sweeteners. We have just developed really strong palates for that, and that was made possible by enslavement of people on a really large scale. Because if you have to go out and do the cane work yourself, you will get by with much less.
1: So think about that. Ur-s- slavery, which is pretty bad in itself. Was the genesis for way too much sugar, which is bad for you. Mm. Interesting. Evil begets evil. Yes. Mm. And all the other things.
2: All the other things that we consider, like you know, tobacco, cotton. Cotton. We don't have a lot of problem with cotton. Like cotton. Yes, the labor to make it was bad, but it doesn't have terrible effects in our lives for the most part. Um, Monoculture does, though. Like the exploitation. What did you just tell me? Yeah. What did you say to me? So growing one (laughs) crop mono oh. for one ah. culture for like growing things um growing one crop on a huge scale is just terrible for the environment mm. like where it's meant to be more I
0: heard that because that was the whole concept in the bible when they were talking about you you were to grow different things and then give the land a rest mm-hmm. on the 7th year mm-hmm. to try to let it replenish its nutrients and then be able to yeah. go at it again mm-hmm. That is true because it's sapping mm-hmm. in of the same nutrients right. to create the same product. It
2: turns out that a lot of these things, when you're good to your workers, When you're good to the land, it also turns out it's really good for you and your own personal health. Like Mm. It's very interesting how all of this, when we do Sabbathing, when we take care of the creation and we take care of the laborers, which is what Sabbath rest is intended to do on a large scale.
0: Mm. So we can take a day off, PJ, and not feel bad about it. Yeah. (laughs) You (laughs) tell well should be.
2: (laughs) It's
1: kind of cool how God knows what he's talking about.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting how relevant the Bible still is. Yeah. And we ignore most of it and we lose some of its relevance in our lives.
0: But yet it permeates every aspect of what we do and how we live and function. So that's amazing.
2: Including how we, our economy, how we govern mm-hmm. our workers, where we get our stuff. You know, when when the Sabbath commandment talks about rest for the laborer, mm-hmm. you know, your manservant maid maidservant.
0: So I guess I better give Chick-fil-A a shout out then yeah <laughs> they at least yeah. take sunday off
1: yeah let's give them a half yeah. shout out <laughs> no, no no full <laughs> shout out at least it it's very important
2: to I any mean, th- when yeah. i lived for a year in australia everything closes at 5 p.m except late night shopping on thursdays Ooh, um thursday. but so things are open till nine and i was like I, I was like oh we don't have and I, my friends were like you want to go late night shopping <laughs> I said, I was it was like, like five o'clock I said, we don't have late <laughs> night shopping on thursday and they were like well what do you do? Do you don't have late night? I was like, everything is open till like 10 (laughs) PM every night all the time, which means people aren't home with their families. They Mm. aren't, you know, like it was, it's inconvenient. So we want our convenience, but ultimately it's not for our own most convenience. You know, like taking a Sabbath rest is inconvenient, mm-hmm. you know, because there's things you can't do or things you have to organize, but also ultimately it is really inconvenient to never rest. Like ultimately mm-hmm. it is not good for us to never rest. So so kind of back to race-based slavery, which we, which again, Sabbath justice, Sabbath economics are deeply embedded in all of this. and And the self-discipline and the self-limiting that Sabbath requires us to limit ourselves. People who are against slavery in the 1700s there really weren't any people actively against it in the 1600s but in the 1700s people started becoming being against it many of them if they were purists with regard to slavery they felt like they should not consume slave created products which meant they couldn't have sugar oh wow there was was no sugar that was not made possible by enslavement And so that meant you didn't like going to their house because there was no sugar. And also they were very specific about cotton. So they would often not wear cotton, which meant they had very uncomfortable clothing or slightly dowdy. They couldn't wear fashionable clothing, that was for sure. And so they kind of looked a bit like people didn't always like those people. Purists, you you know, purists are sometimes uncomfortable. To be around and to hang out with. Could you
1: maybe call them a peculiar people?
2: <laughs> uh-huh. That's a little close to home. Oh,
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay out of that one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Go ahead. But they were. I mean, they were. They were really, they were, they were dead set on it. So- What happens in the Americas is that enslavement practices become more and more closely associated. It becomes much more efficient to own slaves and to make laws around the regulation of people who are readily identifiable as slaves. And that became what we would call black. Like that's how Mm -hmm. blackness became associated in the Americas in general with people who were slaves or descended from slaves or were associated with a group of people whose labor is controlled. So even in South America and specifically South America, where there were more legal and cultural nuances to what we might call race, you know, that there were uh, there was a recognition in the in North America, there was what we call the one drop rule. So if somebody had one drop of black blood or brown even like if they were from indigenous peoples or whatever in them they were not white one drop of anything that wasn't white if it's identifiable and if anyone knew about it so there's two ways to be identified as black in the americas and this starts this really comes to a head by the 19th century so it takes 200 300 years for this all to develop so we're skipping a bunch of things that i might kind of go back and touch on but by the time we get to the 1800s. Blackness is being defined in the United States, both culturally and, you know, it's confusing because people want to be very clear on who is black because there are laws about this. So it's very upsetting to them that you can't always tell, you know. So partly it's culturally defined in the sense that if you're part of a people who are, um, you know, we talked last time about why you might want to be identified as black when you're not because you married somebody mm-hmm. if you're if you are part of a people group you know your parents have been everyone knew your parents were black everyone knew the community was then even if you don't you look like you could pass you everyone everyone quote unquote knows you're black because of cultural mm-hmm. things but there's also racial things so if I look at you and and that I, I need to be able to look at you almost like from 10 paces and be able to say who are you? Just like I can gender you from 10 paces. Mm -hmm. I need to know what category of people you belong to or what you're in because there's different laws kind of associated with Mm -hmm. you. And because a lot of it, especially as we get into the United States, blackness and enslavement are deeply, deeply connected. Um, So this goes, the laws are associated where you can't marry because again, intermarriage messes this up. Because if you think you need to be able to know who is a privileged person and they didn't use the language of pri- privilege, but who has rights mm-hmm. um, and who does not, you need to be able to know that because they want to be just, they don't want to be unjustly putting someone in a category. So how do you make sure the right people have rights and the wrong people don't? Well, part of it is you keep them from marrying each other. This is happening in the wow. 19th century alongside the scientific movement that's a so- that's trying to research people based on heredity and we often use the word Darwinism or social Darwinism to talk about how you can breed for certain traits. Mm. So enslaved people are definitely being bred for certain traits. This is, We have tons of evidence of this. I just finished really? reading a book. Oh, yes. People who ran plantations totally talk about who they want procreating with each other in order to breed certain kinds of traits. And we also at the same time have people talking about what it means to be American, um, and this means white American. There's and when you look at anything they're talking about, they're obviously talking about people that they racialize as white. Although not everyone we would racialize as white is being included as white in the 19th century.
1: Yeah, I was reading. Oh no, I was watching a show that was kind of talking about this, and one of the comments was, "What does it mean to be an American in a country full of immigrants?" That was kind of one of their mm-hmm. big, and it's a kind of an interesting statement, and it was talking yeah. about how the Italians and the Irish, when they first came, weren't seen as American.
2: Right. No, they weren't. And they used the word Native American in the 19th <laughs> century to talk about people who were descendants of the English and then maybe the Germans, the people they called Anglo-Saxon. So what it meant to be a Native American was to be Anglo-Saxon and Protestant Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. people who were catholic weren't really included in that and that was so irish and italians and Mm. eventually you know but after world after the civil war that the irish had done such a good job of fighting for the north and the civil war that they get to be basically included in what it means to be white american so any laws that govern kind of white and, and they start officially doing that because Around the time of the Civil War, and even right after the Civil War, many states in the North and the Midwest and the and, and the actually West, as they start developing, prohibit black immigration. So there's a reason there's not that many black people in the Northwest. Those states almost all had laws for on the books for a very long time prohibiting black immigration to them. Really? Um, and again, people that huh, they could identify and ra- and racialize as black. And so, and, and, and restricting before the Civil War, even in the Midwest, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, places that didn't have slavery would still restrict free black immigration. So the only people they wanted there were people who were going along as slaves of somebody who might be visiting or who might be there for a little while. And, and, and even if there had been free blacks that were there before that, because one of my friends does the history of black farmers in the Midwest before the Civil War, free black farmers. And even though they were immigrating to those places um, before the Civil War and setting up, they, gradually, like in Tennessee, black men could vote until the 1830s, and then it was, if they were free, and they had some property, the same as as white property men, they that right was taken away from them before the Civil War. So you could, you lost rights. As the 19th century went on, many black Americans lost rights as there became more and more anxiety with making sure that the, especially as it looked like slavery was going to end, slavery would end, but you'd still have these black people here. Mm. And there was a real concern about they're not really American. They don't have them because partly to be American, what is the number one, What you guys guess, what's the number one American value? What do Americans love above everything else? Freedom. Yeah, buddy, slaves don't have freedom. How can you possibly be a good American when you don't, and and also rationality was very important in that. So this is why there was a lot of prejudice against Catholics because they thought, well, they believe in these superstitious miracles and they submit to the Pope, they're not rational either. Mm -hmm. So part of what it meant to be a real American, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of literature and discussion on this in the 19th century. This is not like weird, you know, fringe stuff um, by, you know, very traditional red Americans. um, That that if you, these people aren't rational, and again, this becomes, because of race-based slavery, the challenges of, for, in the United States, for black Americans becomes that all the things that have been associated with enslavement are read onto almost all black bodies. So not just people who are enslaved but also people who are free and this and even after the Civil War just because people didn't want slavery doesn't mean they, they wanted to live with black people or that they thought they were equal and that comes from 250 300 years
1: mm-hmm.
2: of how these people how people are restricted how they are seen specifically in the United States now in places like the Caribbean when you have majority black populations and then then slavery is, kicked out, you know, with the Haitian Revolution and the end of the French Revolution and, you know, in the 1830s, now you have majority communities where they're still, whites are still the wealthiest and the people with the most power and privilege. But you would develop very complex societies with middle class, poor, elite people who are all black and brown. And there is less of a sense that blackness is associated just in and of itself with inequality and control whereas in the united states because there was this very big push especially in the north and the midwest you, you think of it in the south but it's definitely in places where blacks were not a majority um like they were in the south in the there is definitely the ad, attitude of needing to regulate what it means to be American, and this com- constant conversation of what it means to be American, that is definitely as as you move out west, the Chinese Exclusion Act, and the 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 desire to not have too many people from Asia come in either because of all of, all of the problems with them, and then the fighting with Mexico where we move our border and incorporate about half of what had been Mexico, and now a whole bunch of people that had been Mexican are now U.S. citizens, but they're not white and they're Catholic, and they're so and so there is not a sense that they are equal or that they are. Real Americans, and they definitely don't speak English. They're not real Americans. Mm. You know, um, this is something that's happening in the 19th century. So when we talk about the word, the phrase "white privilege" today, part of what we are talking about is the the privilege, and it is a privilege in our country in the sense that um, it makes life easier. Of the assumption that you are a real American, the assumption that you have the right to be here, that you are the standard culture, and We don't often ask people who are racialized as black, who I look at them and I think that's a black person, if they don't speak with an accent, I think we talked about this a little bit last time I was here, I don't ask them where they're really from. I think I know. Now, I might not know. Their grandparents may have come. I mean, we think about our former president, Barack Obama, who is racialized as black. Whether he wants to be or not, people can be like, oh, he's just as white as he is black. Why does he say he's black? Because he could because this country racializes him as black. it is it would be silly for him to go I'm not black, I'm white like that's it's very obvious to us that he is not white. so therefore but he's of course not a descendant of black Americans. you know he's a, a descendant of an African and a white person for the United States. but which yeah. is something
0: that we alluded to before yeah. where it's when they look at me, their idea right off the bat is he's black. And then some people say that I have a slight accent or what have you. If you listen to me speak long enough, you start picking up. There's something about his speech. And then when I start speaking in Spanish, then they're like, ah, what are you? Surprise. What is this? You know, like, what do we do with you now? Like, where do we place you? And the idea is I was born in New York. You know, I am an American citizen, but my parents are both from the Dominican Republic. So that plays into a little bit in this whole concept that we brought up last week. So, continue. Whereas if
2: you if you're if you were someone I looked at and I couldn't racialize in any way, i.e., I thought you were probably white,
1: mm-hmm.
2: even if you had that accent, I might kind of think, "Oh, you might be from New Jersey or New York," but I wouldn't wonder, I wouldn't necessarily ask if your parents had just immigrated or where you were re- really from or where your parents were from mm-hmm. because you could have been there for a hundred years. Now, of course, we're all. What does it mean to be American, yeah. DJ, in a nation of immigrants? Now part of what white privilege does is it says I don't have to really act if I believe in the things Americans stand for mm-hmm. freedom and liberty and I can be I'm racialized when and by the, what I mean by that is someone looks at me and thinks that they can you know that, that my identity is something we would call white. Mm-hmm i don't i'm i'm given sort of a like of course as long as i believe in our values i'm not trying to undermine the country i'm i'm an american for so many other people that's not the case now that's not the only kind of white privilege there is right just the privilege to get to be an american mm-hmm. you know that's not the only kind of white privilege but what because because what happens after the civil war um with there is about 20 years where the North comes into the South and runs their governments and says, you have to let um, formerly enslaved people and free blacks in the South, um, because there were some free blacks in the South, not very many, but there were some. um, You have to let them run for office and vote if they're men. Mm -hmm. And so we have black governors, lieutenant governors. We have majority black state houses of representatives, Mm -hmm. um, because like in South Carolina, more of the population is black than white. Um, after the Civil War. And so that that represents, and we have black people going to Washington, D.C. in the 1870s, 1860s, and 1870s into the House of Representatives to represent the South. Um, But in 1877, when the... basically in a compromise, the Northern Territory said, oh, we're just going to let the South run itself. We have a huge uptick in white violence against Blacks and the continued restriction of Black ability to vote until there are no more Black people representing the South in D.C. and or in their local state houses by the 1890s. By 1900, the last Black representative leaves D.C. because we have increasing violence against and more and more control of Black bodies in the South and in the north and again part of what happens is because we have we associate right you know and this is going on overtly in science people are trying to rack and stack the races they're talking about this in geography and biology classes this is being discussed in immigration is there are certain people groups that think different ways Black people and Native Americans are way at the bottom in that people feel very comfortable just saying, I'm looking at you, I can tell what you are, I'm not hiring you, I'm not letting you in my school. Or if I find out your parents, you maybe you're passing in a certain way, but I find out your parents are, you will be asked to leave, you will not be given jobs, you will not be sold, you know, property, you will not be able to hold certain positions. And this is part of we have, you know, after the Civil War, we have 150 years of this. And that's part of what people are talking about when they talk about white privilege is sort of the racialization, specifically in the United States. It happens in other places, but because like, let's say Haiti or even the Dominican Republic, when slavery ends, things are more complicated in their societies than just, and especially in places that are like Haiti that are all black, majority black, um, they develop an active middle class and wealthy people and working class within their own race. Whereas in the United States, the laws are set up in such a way to really be sure to regulate, continue to regulate people who had formerly been enslaved. Um, and, and specifically what we, we associate that with blackness.
1: So let me ask you this. I'm, I'm curious as to citizenship. When did that really, I guess, take place? I mean, at this point in time, where how did someone become a citizen back then when did the when did the african american community or black community start to be viewed as citizens
2: Well, so the amendments after the Civil War supposedly do that. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments give citizenship to formerly enslaved people. Um, And so that, for black Americans, that happens after the Civil War. Um, There's a much more complicated history in terms of, if you're thinking about passports, if we're thinking about birth certificates, if we're thinking about if you immigrate across a border, do you have the right to do that? All of that kind of stuff is much more complex and is almost a state by state basis. I mean, what does it mean to even be a citizen is a good question. Like, could all citizens vote? No, you know, like to this day, not right, all. Because c-
0: women, women couldn't vote back then.
2: Yeah. Am I a citizen? Like, can all citizens vote today?
0: Oh no, that's still a challenge today too.
2: Also, if you're under 18, you're a citizen and you can't vote. That's right. So Truth. we yeah. have, you know, so there, so what does it mean to be a citizen? I think is an interesting and continually contested and complex question. Um, And if you and again, is it just if you're born here and where is here and that sort of thing? Yeah.
0: But, but you know, it's interesting to me. And maybe this is a conversation for another episode. Right. But but the idea is this. We have the Civil War. A lot of it was based on the whole slavery idea and all of that. But then. Almost 100 years later, really about 70 years later, then we have this World War Two with this whole concept that the Nazis were trying to basically make a pure race of A particular you know type of people so it's just kind of like really like I don't know again I don't want to take us off the rails what we're talking about today but I think that that'll be something we can probably talk about in another episode just trying to get uh, a clear understanding as to what's happening here because it feels a little bit um uh hypocritical if you will, of what's mm. what they're trying to attempt, and now, and I know that it wasn't just race that was the issue when we had when we went to World War II, but but the idea was there was some of what they were doing over there that really highlights what we were doing over mm. here.
2: So I would just like to say that the Civil War, I mean the the World War II, we did not go to it, we did not join the World War II because of what the Nazis were doing um so just, just let's come back just, to that later because yeah. i have i have something <laughs> i want to ask you yeah, yeah. I'm sorry i didn't want to take it off the yeah. rails i said we'll leave it for yeah. another for another no, no.
0: episode but do
1: you remember that quite that thing i said i wanted to talk to you remember yeah it's based on sweet. that sweet so anyway. go ahead yeah we do need to wind things down but yeah go ahead what
2: were you gonna say pj
1: no i don't know he took me off the rails there so um no your question go ahead i don't remember because oh, you, got me you on wrote that it one. Oh, that's funny. no i was writing down oh no no but that's a question for Another episode. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 So, okay.
2: so I, I, to kind of wind things up, I do think that there is a connection there. We, we just are reading a book right now with a freshman on the history of white people. One of the discussion about eugenics and the notion of what makes mm. a real American and mm. that certain people shouldn't breed and that you this goes back again to Darwinism and the breeding the right kind of people. This is a very seductive and sticky concept in the modern world that there is a certain kind of people who should procreate and other people who should not. And that we want to have a certain, You know that there are certain people that are more valuable than others, and you want there to be more of those and less of these other people. Mm -hmm. And so that's that has went on throughout the 19th century, and a lot of people believed in that. In the 1910s, 20s, 30s, we were we were basically sterilizing people if you were seen as um, defective mentally, Mm. you know, in any way or physically. Um, We had no problem doing that because we wanted the right kind of American, even the right kind of white American, to be around. The only thing that puts a bad light on that is what we find out after world war ii with the holocaust so there the nazis really make it look bad to Mm -hmm. do that now Mm -hmm. now we don't really want to talk like that anymore because the nazis made it look bad Mm -hmm. Um, before it was just good social planning
1: now but that was even i remember hearing eugenics even in the 80s in early Mm -hmm. 90s there were some people propagating that kind of idea
2: well you will still hear people say you're the kind of person who should have kids or those kind oh, of people yeah. shouldn't have kids there's that's still a kind of thing that people say and I, if they mean it, like as somebody who chose not to be a parent um i frequently heard people say you and your husband are the people who should be having kids and what i took that to mean in my kindness in my most generous way was you know i like you i love being a parent i would like for you to have the joy of that kind of experience
0: i think you're being very gracious yeah and not
2: (laughs) and not like oh people with that have certain kinds of educations and financial resources should be the only people procreating but i but this is part of what happens at the at the end of things and it and it is still we don't stop sterilizing people in mental institutions and other places like that until the 70s and we still there's a lot of people who say that incarcerated women are frequently encouraged or they are un- unwittingly sign off on tubal ligations and things like that when they don't mean to so we still sort of have the the assumption in many ways that well those people let's take care of that right now and it is i, I don't mind family planning like i'm a person who does think people should be thinking about whether to become parents or not, carefully. And I think that's something you weigh before God. And I am fir- firmly, I'll be on record for that. I also think, though, that we need to think about, I think, the satanic devaluing of humanity and certain kinds of people that are we think they're not made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they should not replicate. God said, be fruitful and multiply. And we think some people shouldn't do that. And I think we have to be very careful whether our temptation is that we don't actually think they fully reflect the image of God in the same way I do, or this other person I like does.
0: That's it. I'm glad you pointed. Man, that I out. hope
1: none. I hope none of our listeners think that way. And If you do, hey, talk to us. Um, let's, and let's, give us again. a five star rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give <laughs> us a No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not, way. I'm not mean, being a shield that way. way. <laughs> I'm not being a shield that way. Um, oh man. All right. So, what do you think is just kind of to wrap it up in a nutshell? What do you think? we could have a modern day, I mean, and maybe you just said it, but a modern day takeaway um, to race based slavery. Like how does that affect Joe Schmo or me or some other guy, some average guy in a, in a modern day context?
0: Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the liberty. We're going to leave the, let the professional go ahead and do that, but (laughs) to answer it. But I, I, I don't know. But some people answer. argue. Well, I'm, I'm going to give an <laughs> yeah, opinion yeah, on it, which yeah, is, yeah, sure. you know, some people talk about how the people who work on cruise ships mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. basically indentured slaves or I don't know what the word is they want to use for them. And and it it happens. I mean, these are things that we see. So so it's like, how does it impact us? Well, I mean, I'm thinking we're going both with the uh, race based slavery, but we're also talking about like implicit biases that we have and as it pertains to how we react and interact and think about one another so i can only help answer us, Lisa. it from the holy,
2: <laughs> how the holy spirit convicts me and i think for every person i don't want to be the holy spirit in somebody else's life i think to allow oneself to be convicted by that is important for me when you ask that question mm-hmm. i i just got you know kind of a dagger because i realized sometimes Um, I might shop at places where the people who work there are not really paid a living wage, and I might think they just don't have any other skills. They don't really deserve to be paid more than they are, or they didn't get an education. If they got an education, they wouldn't need to be working for pennies that actually cannot support a human being. I also realize we're doing a remodeling project, and we may be hiring people who are getting paid little, and we might think, well, it's more than they might get if they were at home in their own country earning that amount of money and so it's and i'm just telling you i'm just being very honest right here and we about PC, the ways yeah. in which i often am in the business of benefiting from exploiting labor and that i might justify that in my mind in ways that are dehumanizing to the other person that that is god's beloved child
0: now we're not going to stop taking advantage of those things though let's be honest like we 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 acknowledge those things and we have heard the concept of quote unquote cheap labor right so so the idea is how should we maybe consider well you know what let's do it this way right why don't you pray about it
2: Mm.
0: take it to the lord Mm. and see what he's convicting you to do because the reality we're all in different places and we're all we don't want to i mean i don't care where you are this is going to be my take and if you don't like it write to us but the idea is this never dehumanize anyone like, I'm not a fan of, of taking someone's humanity away because, like you mentioned earlier, every human being that walks and talks was created in the image of God, period. That's, that's where I stand. But then when it comes to this whole concept of the classes, right, because this is really where it, where it leads to. It leads to the classes of people and where they are and, and their story as to why they, uh, they are where they are in their lives, right? then the concept is pray about it. Let God lead you and convict you as to what to do. I know people who say they will never set foot on a cruise. Mm-hmm. And I know people who say the only type of vacation they want is a cruise. Mm-hmm. Don't mention my name. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's those people who who say, I would rather uh, buy American Mate mm-hmm. or what have you. And then there are those people who say, I don't care paying the premium to not have uh, undocumented workers work in my home right so so all of this is a reality and i think it, it comes from where the lord is taking you mm-hmm. so if you take the moment take the time to pray about it let god be the one to tell you look you're not turning to this podcast to know what to do we're not gonna make decisions for you but we do want to encourage you to turn to god and let him convict you and then follow whatever the conviction and, is and know that lives
2: with race-based slavery No, you don't get to be innocent. No one was innocent. The race-based slavery system and that system of exploitation undergird the entire capitalist system of banking and loaning and credit and insurance and the joint stock companies that people developed in the 19th century that gave us our modern system. They They were based on that. And we talked about this last time I was here. We don't get to be innocent of that. We don't get to not be invested in that that doesn't mean we don't do anything about it. Like we don't want, like I agree with that. And I, I think it's important to let the Holy spirit lead in that. And I appreciate you asking that question, PJ, because I realized when you asked it, you know, like there are definite, like, I mean, maybe I've, it's not like I haven't thought about labor exploitation before, but, but I, I appreciate you asking that.
1: I, I almost think that's our next episode there. Um, cause I, I, there's some other things I'd like to talk about there. I guess my takeaway from this is that I don't think we realize what was set in motion we don't always realize what was set in motion before, how it affects our today. And how the benefits, we're still reaping some of the benefits from race-based slavery, or slavery in general. And some people are still reaping the consequences of that as well. And so I think that's my biggest takeaway from from this, and just learning a lot about it how that the past always affects the future. And, and I think we see that through scripture as well. We see all these things where we think, well, this sin is in a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This, this particular sin is in a vacuum. I always go back to Abraham and Sarah. This is the story of him having God's chosen people through him. He's like, I'm going to give you a special people. He's like, okay, cool. It doesn't happen for a long time. And Sarah gets impatient. And Sarah says, hey, why don't you have a baby with my maidservant? Ah, I don't know. In, in my mind, this is, I put myself in his shoes and, I'm, and, I, and I start thinking, well, you know, I don't really want to do this, but my wife, is this the only way we're going to have this? You know, this is only going to affect me. That's it. It's only going to affect me. And and so we often think our sins are in a vacuum, but if we pull back the history and we see the fact that Ishmael is the chosen people of the Muslim religion. And Isaac is the Judeo-Christian. Think about the wars and the conflict and all the things that is still happening today because of this one bad, sinful decision that he thought, "This is just my family. No one else has to be involved in this. This isn't a vacuum.
0: And the thing was that technically, based on how things were back then, he didn't do anything wrong.
2: Mm, sure. Mm. Right. Right. Well, God, he knew it was wrong. God well, knew it was wrong God told for- him. God <laughs> said, "Listen to Sarah." Yeah. Multiple times. Now, what I would like to say too I, I, is that I heard you guys talking last week about this a little bit, and I and I think this connected to what you just said, PJ. We are not. It's not our fault of what people did in the past, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a there's a phrase in I think kind of not in, in psychology and people who are learning to like take responsibility for themselves. It's not your fault and you're responsible. Mm. So because people grow up and their parents were bad to them and other people made mistakes and yet we're responsible. So just because I didn't enslave people, I didn't make all the Jim Crow laws. I didn't do the redlining to prevent black families Mm. from being able to invest. I didn't, I didn't do that. But I live in this world, and I'm, and I'm. If, if I believe I'm I'm the beloved child of God, as well as someone else, and when the Word of God says we bear each other's burdens, mm. I can't say I'm a victim. You're a victim. We can't. We just. That's the way it was in the past. We're just all gonna live like that. I can say, I can choose how I behave based on the knowledge that I have and the choices that I make.
1: Yeah, that's a good thought. May not be our that. fault, but we are responsible, and that is but biblical. We
0: are responsible.
1: Mm. All right, man. Well, hey, real quick plug, diversity on a hill at Instagram. You can look us up there.
0: There you go. And diversity on a hill at
1: gmail.com. Both of those spelled with a C. And now we know that you can give us reviews. We know it's possible. <laughs> so if you listen to us, you like us, give us a review. We'd like to know what you what you think one and, way or the other.
0: And if you don't like us. You know it we're not a five um,
1: means bad five is the worst
0: well well, my, you know what i was gonna say was we're not necessarily a um an item right so it's not like you give a one-star rating for the item because it doesn't work properly mm-hmm. as humans you want to give us a five-star rating and then say <laughs> i'll tell you what i didn't like about what you said uh, and how about it <laughs> that's a good neat, another way to do it anyhow so um let's do a so, word of prayer yeah let's do it
1: right. dear heavenly father lord we have learned a lot and we pray that we will continue to learn a lot. Most importantly, Lord, we pray that our hearts will be open to the Holy Spirit's yes. teaching, and that we will be moved by the Holy Spirit to treat each other as God looks and intends for us to treat each other. Amen. We thank you that you treat us not as we deserve, <laughs> but as if we are loved. And we thank you for that. I pray for every listener and I lift them up to you, and I thank you for your love and grace, and we pray this in the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: Grace
1: and peace. I am PJ and I am out.
2: Bye everyone. This is PC.
0: And PK here. Many blessings till next time.